tuned in to the Make Your Day Count broadcast with Pastor Errol Beckford, Senior Pastor of Celebration Tabernacle Church, President of Celebration Marketplace Ministries, and author of Make Life Work in a Fast-Paced World. And here's Pastor Beckford. This is the day. This is God's day. We're having a great time this week. All through this week, we're talking about God is the God of second chance. God is the God of doing it all over again. God is the God of fresh thought. He specializes in that. When we talk about God, you're talking about a God of fresh start. When you talk, when you talk about God, you're talking about the God of let's do it all over again. When you talk about God, you're talking about the God, okay. You messed up the first time, here's the second chance. You have a second chance to do it right. Get it right this time. God is faithful and just. You notice what the Bible says? He is faithful and he is just to forgive us of all our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our messed up. When we come to him, he always God never turned his back on us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful this morning to know that we serve a God that will never turn his back on us? He's always going to be there. He's always going to nudge us, pick us up when we are down. Because when I'm weak, I'm made strong through Jesus Christ. We're building this teaching all this week, Fresh Start. So we started off the week in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 6 in the message translation. I'll put muscle in the people of mm-hmm. Judah, I'll save the people of Joseph. I know their pain, and I will make them good as new. They'll get a fresh start, as if nothing had ever happened. And why? Because I am their very own God. Yeah. I'll do what needs to be done for them. So here, then yesterday, we were in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 3, and we were looking at Moses and his excuse that he didn't feel as if he was qualified. When God was calling him to be a deliverer, the people were crying out day and night in Egypt from their bondage, and they were crying out to God because they wanted a way of escape. They needed help. And at the same time now, God is speaking to Moses, who was the chosen vessel in order to deliver them from their bondage. And they're, they're saying, please, we need help, God. And Moses is identified as the help. And Moses is saying to God, who, who am I to be able to do that? And God said to him, I will be with you. I'll be with you. And every excuse that Moses had, he gave forth several excuses of why he would be ineffective in the situation. And God had the rebuttal. He came back onto him. And he already had everything um, set in order for them. So there was a cry in Egypt. And Moses was sent, a man was sent to be the answer to the cry, to lead the people out of bondage. And we know that when Moses was in um, Egypt, when he was a newborn baby, that there was a slaughter of the time of the male children, and he survived. He didn't do anything to survive. He, it, the situation was out of his control. He was a baby. But God made the provision in order for him to be able to survive. And he survived, and he was trained up. He was raised up in Pharaoh's palace. 
So he knew the ways of Egypt. He was familiar, but he also still knew that he was a Hebrew. So in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he had saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So he wanted to, he had a heart for the people. He wanted to deliver them, but he tried to do it in his own strength. And as a Pastor Beckford said, that he was doing it too early. It wasn't his time. He hadn't developed yet. He was trying to do it in his own strength. When we're still trying to do stuff in our own strength, we haven't developed yet because we need to be resting in the strength of God. Yes, we need to make preparation. Yes, we need to um, be mindful of opportunities that come, but we need to know that he is with us and that we are going, we are dwelling in him. He is dwelling in us, and we're not doing it in our own strength. So here Moses worked to do it in his own strength, and because of that, he then went on the run. He was a fugitive, and he landed into the wilderness. And then now 40 years later, God is coming and he's telling him, I need you to go back to your place of defeat and I need to give you a fresh start because this a call on your life didn't change. It tells us in Romans that the gifts and the calling of God, God are irrevocable. Yeah. He's not revoking them. He's not changing his mind. What was written in the book is not getting erased and changed. <laughs> what he wrote in the book before you, even your days were one, which it tells us in Psalms, he wrote it out in the book. That's not getting erased. He's not changing his mind. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. We will always have to deal with consequences of our choices, but the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. That's why even in the prison, there's a preacher. Even in the bar, there's a preacher. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, and they're without repentance. He doesn't feel bad about the gifts and the callings that he has given onto us, but we must make effective choices to be able to navigate the way so that we are using those gifting and callings in the place where he has assigned us. So Moses had to get rained on back over to Egypt. That was the place of his assignment. It's so beautiful. Beautiful teaching here, Don, on this Wednesday mm -hmm. morning. It's such a beautiful teaching that he, here. And we want to stay here a little and uh, dig deeper because we get more understanding. And um, our, our cardinal teaching at a celebration is faith, excellence, and understanding. To teach with understanding. We know the whole story about Moses going to Egypt and deliver the children of Israel out of the out of bandage. He was the one. He was the leader. But what we don't understand, and you bring the background here to give the background, that he was assigned to do that already. This was not the first. This is the second chance to do it. He was schooled to do it. He knew the the difference between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. He, he knew he was not an Egyptian. He refused to be called an Egyptian. He was already trained up and know his calling, know what he need to do. But notice that, and we want to stay there, when he noticed that day, the Egyptian attacked him, the Israelite, the Hebrew. He moved, he moved on his own to defend his brother. He knew what he's supposed to do. He knew he was called to deliver them. So he went on his own to do it. He, he didn't consult God. He was on his own doing it. He became the deliverer on his own. How many times we fail doing things 
that we know God wants us to do, but we're doing it without God. That is the key. That's where, we, that's where I want us to center upon. We're doing it without God. He did it without the Lord. He did it on his own. And because of that, he has to flee out of Egypt. And like I was saying, church, you can't shut me down on this one. So I can prove it. So he flee into the wilderness. So now God came a second time now. This is his second chance. And God said, go back. He said, no. <laughs> no. I ain't going back. Who am I? You go before Egypt? Go back, go to Egypt? Hear what God says. Yes, you're going. But this time, I'm going with you. Ah. This time, we're going to do it together. together. Mm-hmm. This time, notice in Egypt, it was who? It was God and Moses together. It was not Moses alone this time. And God says to Moses, cast the rod down. Moses cast the rod down. God says, pick it. The serpent back up. He pick it up back. He only do, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. In Egypt, he only do what God says. He never do anything outside of what God says. So this is it. We fail when we're doing things that God didn't call us to do or tell us to do. That's when we fail. We know it's right, but God didn't. God wasn't there with us to do it. This time, he did only the things that God was saying him to do. <laughs> Moses, stretch your rod across to the Red Sea. He did. It worked. It wasn't Moses doing what he thinks this time. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he had practiced. Before he went back, he practiced. Him and God practiced some things um, together. They practiced the rod turning into the snake together. Before he did it, before Pharaoh him and God did it together. They practiced some things in the secret place. So there's some things that we need to practice with God. We need to practice um, within the security of our ministry. We need to practice our gifts and our calling so that we're prepared when the opportunity comes. We're prepared when we're face-to-face with Pharaoh. Him and God practiced this thing. In Exodus chapter 4, starting at verse 1, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it to the ground. So he cast it to the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Now, what if Moses would have tried this for the first time in front of Pharaoh he, and ran? He would look like a coward. Yes. He had to practice this thing yes. with God. He practiced this Come on. with God. He pra- When it's just him and God, he practiced this thing. He throws the rod down. It becomes a snake. He's, he runs. He's terrified. God said, you better go pick that thing up. So yeah. that when it was the demonstration the re- in yeah. front of yeah. Pharaoh in thing. Egypt, yeah. he threw it down. It became a serpent. 
Then they, the magicians and them threw it down, and it became a serpent. Now, two serpents, Moses really would have been running if he wasn't prepared for this thing. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so what we're doing when nobody is looking determines our level when we come into view. What you are doing when nobody is looking determines your level when you come into view. So him and God, they had to work through this thing. We can't wait till we have a big opportunity and then think that all of a sudden we know how to do something. We got to practice. Practice your gifts. Practice your talents in the house of God. Practice them first in that setting. Before you come on a big platform, before a big opportunity comes, practice those things first so that you're able to perform with excellence and you're able to really receive the opportunity, not just for a short time. And then they realize, well, wait, they can't really do that. They just all talk. But they, you could demonstrate it so that you could show it so this that it's good. sustainable. The this first place where I, used, where I used to teach the Word of God was at a Department of Juvenile Justice program. I used to write some scriptures down <laughs> on a nap. Napkin. Yes. And I used to stand before 30 boys who were incarcerated between the Come ages on, of 12 good. and 16. That's where I learned to to release the word of God with authority in the way to capture mm-hmm. attention. If you get the attention of 12 to 16 year old um, boys, boys who are incarcerated, who did all the wrong yeah. and, and the word of God becomes effective onto them. Now, I saw the effectiveness of the word, and that causes me to increase in boldness the next time I speak because I see, okay, it's effective. 12 to 16-year-old boys, it got their attention. When they were there, away from they're away from their parents, they're away from their community, they're away. All, these are all severe consequences from things that they had did. But when I saw how effective it was at that level, what if I never would have did it? I said, "Oh, this is too small of an opportunity. Who wants to hear it here? I could just clock in and clock out and not do it and get the same amount of money. Make your day count." Thank you for tuning in to the Make Your Day Count broadcast with Pastor Errol Beckford, Senior Pastor of Celebration Tabernacle Church in the beautiful city of Coco. For more information on this broadcast, please contact us at 321-638-0381. Tune in tomorrow to hear more about how you can make your day count. You're listening to WMIE, today's Modern Worship, 91.5 FM. Topics 